welcome to another. Welcome to Pottercast, the official podcast of the Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. You hear that, Earth? The Leaky Cauldron. And now, Leaky's own, Melissa and Ellie. Hello, Potter Pirates. Welcome to Pottercast number 36. We have got a great show for you today. First of all, if you have not yet been to Leaky since, in, you know, in the past few days, make sure you go to leakynews.com right now. If you're a regular Pottercast listener, you know that John has been promising that he will upload a video of himself doing Dance Dance Revolution as soon as the 10th Chipotle Burrito gift card has arrived in our mailbox. Well, it came this week. He did it this weekend, and it's live. Uh, so... If you don't already have it on the feed, make sure you go to leakynews.com and check it out. We promise you won't regret it. Now, this week, we also have for you our very first edition of Canon Conundrums, which is our new segment with a very special guest, where we pick apart one very special bit of Harry Potter every week. We also have a modcast about the bad boys of Harry Potter and the women who love them. Sort of sounds like a Fox TV news special, but okay. Uh, No real fan interview this week. We have all your responses to our question about the chess match, which, as you'll learn, is a very important part of canning conundrums. And that's it. Some fun in the mailbag and lots of craziness as usual. So let's go. Listening to the news? Again? As if a normal boy cares what's on the news. Hello, everyone. Here's a look at the latest Harry Potter news headlines. Several pieces of news relating to Harry Potter and the Order of Phoenix film top our news this week. Warner Brothers has officially announced some international release dates now for the fifth Potter film, with France getting a first look at the movie on July 11th, followed by Germany the next day, and then here in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., and Ireland on July 13th of 2007. Leaky also has the news now that actor Jim McManus has been cast in the role of Aberforth Dumbledore, who is that curious barman at the Hogshead Pub, and is also the brother of Professor Albus Dumbledore. Mr. McManus is a character actor who is well known to British theatergoers and has also appeared in such things as the third installment of the popular Horatio Hornblower series, among others. Filming, of course, is ongoing now for Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix in England. Congratulations are also in order now for some performers from the world of Harry Potter. Actors Ray Fiennes, Richard Griffiths, and audiobook narrator Jim Dale all received nominations from the Drama League for their work on the stage. And in fact, all three were nominated in the same category of distinguished performance for their work this year on the stage. These theater awards will be presented on May 5th in New York. Congratulations, gentlemen. Actor Rupert Grint, who is also known as Ron Weasley, has given several new interviews lately, which you can find on our website. And in one radio interview with the BBC One, he spoke of filming for Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, and he talked about a scene in Umbridge's office with the DA. Rupert is also due to be in New York for the screening of his new film called Driving Lessons, which is screening at the Tribeca Film Festival on Sunday, April 30th at 8.30 p.m. Well, at leakynews.com, you can find much more on these news items and much more from the entire world of Harry Potter on our website, which is updated daily. There is another jam-packed show ahead, so let's get right to it. And enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to podcast number 36. Hi, guys. The usual crew's here today. I'm Melissa. And I'm Sue. Hello, everyone. And I'm John. Hello, 36th everyone. week of podcast. Wow. Gosh, what is that? How many months does that make? That's let's, enough time to have a baby. Almost. Four? That's right. It's our is it? little baby podcast. It's giving birth now to podcast. Yes. <laughs> it is. That's nine months. 
three months we'll have our year anniversary That's actually awesome. we, i think i think that um we're gonna have our year anniversary two weeks after Lum- after lumos so we've got to do mm-hmm. something special down in really? Lumos to celebrate and include it in the year show. Wait, that's year. which anniversary? A year. No way. Yes way. Yeah. When did we start this? In August? No, it was like September nope. or October, wasn't no. it? No, August. Oh my god. I was moving then, so I missed the first ones. So nah. that that's it's been a year ago. I even missed the first few <laughs> ones. <Yes. laughs> well, cool. Look at us. We're we're done this for a little while. We. We should be good at this. That's what we'll tell ourselves. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what happened. But. Okay, guys, what's going on this week? Oh man, so we've much had, news. Well, you know, so much news. Film news, big number news, numbers of releases everywhere. <laughs> oh yeah. Good grief! I can't keep up. And he's scored, you know, a little chart. Okay. So who's seen it first? The, the French. French. The French. French oh, get it first, French. and. The- there's not going to be. I don't think there's going to be a French person in this film, unlike the last one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Fleur, well, she's not in this. Well, book, they get it she? first for now. Who knows? Somebody else may also be getting it. You know, there's a huge list of countries that. Right. And, then Germany, and then Germany, right? At yeah. first, we got the release date for Germany. I was like, oh wow, Germany gets it before the U.S. What's this about? And then I got the release date for France, and I said, ooh, okay, what's going on? I don't know. It's it's weird because it's a Wednesday and a Thursday. Yeah, like maybe that's just like. Like the trends over there in those countries of when everybody goes out to the cinema, maybe they wanted to put them on the on the big days, and maybe for some reason it's. I not just the feel bad for the Australian there. fans. Oh, September I did too. 6th. I mean, what happened September with them? September sixth. Really I don't understand. Oh my gosh! I don't know why. I don't understand well, the well, difference. They have to, they have to spend the time to get the, to re redo the the audio oh, for up. the correct language, don't they? For, oh, what? They, so every word is quite key or something. <laughs> No. What do you mean, language? No, it's 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 really strange, and we'll, I mean, we'll try and find an answer about that because I don't, you know, why? All it's all it takes is sending it down. I think there. I think Warner Brothers' new policy is that they can't take the put the film on an airplane to get it down there. It had to come by boat. Yeah, they're taking that steamer down there. They're afraid robot. of planes to and from Australia. So, they're all lost fans. Yeah. Exactly. They have to go by rowboat. You solved the reason. They're they're afraid. Yeah. That's it. Warner Brothers, don't be wimpy. Well, Gryffindors, send them down there. We'll we'll recruit some people. Take <laughs> it down there for you. Warner Brothers are Gryffindors. No, or, or... they're they're wimpy. They're just being. They need some Gryffindors oh, to help carry boy. the thing I really down. Oh boy! <laughs> I'm joking, WB. I'm joking. Hi, Orna. <laughs> yeah, we love you. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing for so many reasons. I think it's She's trouble. Um, <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so those are the release dates. We'll keep you updated on more. There's still plenty more, like Italy and Japan we want to find out about and um, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yes. um, what happens with yeah. this is that you ask, and I asked, and we're mm-hmm. waiting on a big, gigantic list. So, yeah. Oh, so, good stuff. Good. Also, we also had another big casting. Big yeah, scoop, right? Big casting. Mm-hmm. Aberforth Dumbledore to be played by oh, actor Jim on. McManus. He's a guy from the, the yes. Hogshead. Yeah, the barman with the unusual goat affinity. You don't know. <laughs> oh, no. I'll give you a little Edinburgh scoop. The look on Joe's face when she an, said an, no an idea. As, uh, when she said your guess is as good as mine. When we asked her about the Eberforth's goats. Pure, mm-hmm. pure evil. Pure, pure oh. evil. That Whatever you were thinking he might be doing with those goats is probably correct. <laughs> oh. oh, man. I don't even want to go there. Joe's I know. Weird. It's weird. great. 
But but a lot of people are speculating thought, you know? that since Aberforth, we now, we now know is in the film, and he is filming right now actually. Mm-hmm. Since since he is in right. the film, there's speculation that this means that Aberforth is indeed a big role in book seven, and Joe told them not to cut the character. Mm-hmm. Discuss. Yeah. That's very good speculation. Well, right. Then he he came to the funeral, right? To Dumbledore's hope, funeral, right? Wasn't so. he there? I think so. I think I think that Aberforth is one of Dumbledore's horcrie that found a body already and had been living simultaneously. Wait a minute. Wait. Uh, I didn't make sense of that either. Dumbledore's horcrie? <laughs> yeah, Dumbledore had one, and then <laughs> it found a body and turned into Aberforth. So there was two parts of Dumbledore walking around at the same time. No. Not quite. I know. So now Aberforth is going to be like, hey, by the way, I'm also a Dumbledore. <laughs> And then Harry will be like, oh, good, we can pick up where we left off. No. And they'll dive into the pensive again and look at Riddle again. Wait, was this one of your, like, fanfic things you were writing? John, are you going to write those, by talking? the way? No. You know, I have about five or six um, requests now in the folder. I have to listen to those and uh, write my first one. Excited. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but you know what happens is that when I write essays of any sort and send them to Melissa, she John... never reads them, so... They, they never, they never see the oh, light of he's day. He's mad at me because he wrote an essay a while ago that he wants me to read, and I haven't had time. Yes, my first. I'm sorry, I'll get to it. I will. It, I, I scanned it. It is good, but I haven't like had time to sit and actually edit it, and I will. And the reason it gets pushed back is because you're a friend, and so therefore I can treat you badly. <laughs> oh, you are such a boob. It's terrible, but that's how it is. Oh, John will understand. I have to do this, this, and that. I'll do that later. You know. Okay. Obviously. What, what else do we have in the news this week? <laughs> Well, you know, Rupert and the the Phelps twins were just on the BBC Radio One Joe Wiley show, and they were talking. They filmed uh, the Inquisitional Squad and scene with Dumbridge. That's awesome. And they just filmed that last week, so I thought that was pretty cool. He just he just came from that day and went to the radio interview and said they. That's just interesting it because that when day, Jamie was on here, that's what he was saying they were filming. So I don't know how long it took them yeah, to film so, all that. I don't know. You know, I'm, that just makes me excited because that's just like now now I can be excited for some real like action stuff. I'm excited to see, you know, characters like Ginny and, and Neville and, you know, Crab and Goyle and everybody just kind of having this big old scene together in the office. Oh, you know That's what I was thinking really about, fun. Ginny, when you said that? Do you think they'll actually, we'll finally get to see what exactly is Bat, Bat, you know, Bat Bogey Yes. yes. Bat, Bat Bogey thing. Yes. <laughs> they keep, they keep yeah. bringing that up. I really don't want to see it. I <laughs> do. I mean, Bat Bogey so <laughs> It just sounds like so hilarious, it's though, so too. I mean, I think it'd be- I know. Well, like bats fly out of your nose? Yes. <laughs> what do you think? No. That could be hilarious, though. I mean, they could just have like you know, like she she gets Jamie. I mean, because they could have a lot of fun. With well, that the, scene. Ja- this yeah. is so weird that this is news because this is exactly what Jamie said that they were doing when he was on here last time. He said that they were mm-hmm. doing that he would he get, he got to um, you know, he had to restrain Hermione in the office and and um, what you call it? Josh had to restrain oh. Neville and. Or Ginny, I I don't remember, but they they are all part of that scene. They are they are doing it. Sounds like pretty much from from the book, so that's exciting, right? What else is going on, guys? Okay, well, Joe, I mean, she's just what's she doing? She continued. Well, she's um made a, a very generous donation to the MS Center, which I admire. Mm-hmm. She just continues to. <laughs> I love when they say like a rather she, significant she, donation. Which can mean anything, basically. One hundred billion. But from dollars. Joe, a rather significant donation. I mean, yeah. it's got to be gigantic. 
Yeah. It's yeah. really cool. Well, yeah. And then and then you get the then then on on top of that she does this generous thing. And then of course they come out with this new stupid rich list, which is all just, you know, the Sunday Times newspaper yeah. is pretty much they're guessing at it. And I don't you know, I just like, you know what, dudes, I really don't want to know. I don't know. I find well, it. I find Joe it interesting. I, I don't think that's a, it's like a public number. She's not like a company where we're allowed to know how much she makes every year. But, right. but um, well, but she probably is a company. But it, it's um, I don't know. I, I find I find it interesting. I find it interesting just having a general ballpark of how much money this kind of phenomenon has made for the creator. You know. Yeah. Well, from from that point of view, yeah. I mean, because there's something like sixty million copies of the books in print There's or more than 300 million copies print. of the books in print 300 million yeah. Okay. yeah maybe maybe 60 million of the last one i don't know oh okay maybe that's where i got that number i just yeah I, crazy oh, so <laughs> it's out of control now think about that i mean you know here i am proud that i just have like you know like one i have one complete set and then i have like two copies of like ask man but i mean just i wonder yeah. if everyone like had two or three sets that's a that's just a staggering amount of books. A lot of yeah. books. I can't even imagine how how that would be. Just you know, to know that whatever you put down on paper is going to be read by you know three hundred million people. Well, what about whatever she updates on her site? All of a sudden, gets reprinted in newspapers around the world. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, our yeah. I mean here good. here I got myself over here. I I write one essay and it doesn't even get read by Melissa and Ali. Here he goes. Oh. Near, near, near. The world's well, Sue read it, and Doris yeah, read it, I think, yeah. and Nick read it. Well, I, I really, I am and flattered you, that I am flattered that you that you want to wait for me to get to it. I, I am flattered by that. I will, I will, I promise, I promise, I promise. Well, I'm sure, it's, I'm sure at some point it's an editorial decision, editorial <laughs> decision. So, you know, I was covering my base. Sue, I got mad at John once because he did something that I didn't want him to do, and I said it was an editorial decision, and he has never let me live with that. <laughs> I see, <laughs> because he did something that was totally not his place to do and i got mad so yep. Yep. anyway what else is going on um we have a new feature for you on leaky Ooh, actually for the two no this this week there's just the one there's um our mobile site yes, yes. very cool it's leaky mobile m.leakynews.com um i find it useful on my little on my little phone dude i use it all the time now it's 100 percent useful it's I do too. I actually That's read great. Leaky News yeah. now. And you can page through. I mean, the way it's programmed, you <laughs> Good can just keep paging through articles until your heart's content if you haven't been on the, the site in three weeks. And cool. Oh, you yeah, know? Right. Um, well, you can also get that from our newsletter too, which is nice. Yeah, you can get you that can get weekly from our newsletter, which is, which is, which is mm-hmm. out there and kicking some butt at mm-hmm. Owl Post. That's right. Um, I should probably actually That's make a right. post about that, but we've had some technical problems in the first couple of weeks, and so I've wanted to wait until we got all those ironed out before we make a post. That this is yeah. <laughs> Actually, not. It's just an owl post on Leaky. Oh, it's yeah. a newsletter on Leaky. But that mobile thing is really handy. I gotta say. I mean, because there's times when I'm out zooming around doing stuff, and I'm like, oh, did I, what did I miss? You know. So, yeah, and it's extremely <laughs> streamlined. So much of it. Though, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did I miss? What did I post? Today? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but there's the rare occasion I didn't actually post something. But you know, oh, oh I, I don't know. I know. Love the news. Got to have the I also, news. I also just want to give a shout out and thank you. Um, since since last week, we had we had a little talk about the health podcast that I'm go- that I'm going to be doing. You guys have sent me the most amazing emails that I've ever gotten in my life. Long stories about your lives and why you you're touched that this is going to be starting. And and I'm just so I'm inspired by you guys. And it's it's wonderful. I the site is up. Fittingitin.com is up. We are on iTunes, even though there's not a, there's not a podcast yet. There's just a test, but um. It's 
I have to say, I, I've never, we get a lot of email at TLC for many different reasons, but I've never seen this kind of outpouring, inpouring <laughs> into my box. And I just wanted to tell you that I appreciate it. And that is what will make this um, a success. So thank you. So that's that. And wow. uh, what do you guys think? Sounds like well, I think we, we got a huge show coming up. Oh, we, huge. This is the first week for a brand new segment. Yes, we do. Woohoo! Excited about that. And if everybody has not been already to figure out who we were um, pimping our very special guest last week, mm-hmm. his name is Mr. Steve Vanderark of the HP Lexicon. And he Yay. will be joining us every week from now on until we can't record anymore. Until his contract <laughs> runs out. Uh, until yeah. his contract <laughs> runs out, indeed. <laughs> Doing a canon conundrum every week. Yeah. And you will find out a lot this episode Exactly I mean, what that is, exactly what canon is, and getting into our first topic. I have missed good old, we used to call them canon thumps. It's when you just, you just get right into the real meat of the books. You get, you just, you try and figure stuff out. You know, you really, mm-hmm. really have good discussions, and I've missed that. And the, the, if there's one person in the world that I wanted to do a canon thump with, that is Steve Van Der Ark, not to mention you guys. So this little group of canon uh, conundrum people makes me very, very happy. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's turned out to be some good stuff, I think. We've only recorded the one so far, but I'm excited. Me I too. Think it Very will good. be fun. If you have ideas for what you think we should discuss, because the idea behind Canon Conundrums, if you you haven't gotten to that portion of the show yet, but the idea behind it is that each week we take one sort of sticking point, one thing that either is a, is worrisome or is the, the spawning point for a lot of theories or is highly debated in the Harry Potter books or something like that, and discuss it. And we discovered that most topics that we start to discuss are way too broad. We tried to have a conversation right. about, like, like Godric's Hollow, which turned into something that could have been four hours. Mm-hmm. You know, the tiniest thing can spawn a discussion that is long enough for one of these shows. So if you have ideas, send them in, staff at pottercast.com, and we'll be very happy to look at those. Absolutely. Yeah. It's great. And give, give a hello to Kim, because she'll probably be reading them. Yeah. Yes, Kim. Staff at Pottercast. I... So, yes, that on the way. And, um, your chess match uh, answers. Mm-hmm. Your, your chess match answers, which is the topic of this canon conundrums, and you'll you'll see that uh, that is a pattern developing. We've also got some good extendable ears in the in the pipeline, folks. Good stuff. Ooh. Good stuff. Good stuff on the way. Let's push it on along to. I, I don't know. We're 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 in a little new format this week. So next would be the modcast, right? The mods. mods. The mods. After 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 some of your. Jason and um, Lori and the mods. Jason and Lori and the mods. And uh, yeah, all right, modcast stuff. <laughs> and then Canon right, Conundrum right seems like. And yep. in the in the middle, all your all your voicemails, and then mailbag, and then that's it. The wrap up. It's time for the drums again. The drums. The drums. <laughs> well, yep. until the drums. Catch you on the flip. This is Molly Kate from Georgia. I'd like to say something about the whole chess thing. I think it has a lot of significance. Okay, seven looks, seven moves, seven horcree. Yeah, I used horcree. Don't be. Yay! Seven moves. Hmm, maybe Harry will have to give up something seven times. Wait, maybe he'll have to, like, 
kill a squirrel or something, that will count as a killing. And then he'll be able to make horkery, and maybe he'll have to kill squirrels seven times. Not saying that I'm against squirrels, because I know that Cedric is a flying squirrel. Go, Cedric. May you rest in peace. Okay, and um, this is a shout out for two. This is Steph. To me, the final chess match is a huge foreshadowing of not only the final battle, but the series as a whole. The chess match in itself showed how Ron, Hermione, and Harry had to make tough decisions and at some point in time sacrifice or take themselves out so that Harry was ultimately able to be on his own to finish the chess game. With relation to the final battle, I think that Ron and Hermione will only be able to do so much before ultimately Harry needs to go on his own to fulfill the prophecy, whether he chooses to do so by living or dying. Hi, I'm calling because I wanted to say that I think that a chess game from the end of Sorcerer's Stone just really shows us the talents of, of Harry, Ron, and Hermione. I don't think it's really going to affect the outcome of Book 7. I think that it showed us that Ron is really good at at like Walter thinking that he has skills, so is what Hermione's good at. And so is that Harry is the one who's ultimately good at the quick thinking that will help him to beat Voldemort. Um, bye. Hi, this is JRG1990 from The Lounge, and I had a message about the chess match. Uh, I was thinking, since perhaps uh, with the Arcule theory of how Book 1 relates to Book 7, Books 2 to 6, etc., uh, that if Ron had to sacrifice himself at the end of the first book, perhaps he would have to sacrifice himself again come the end of the seventh book. But this time, obviously, it's not a game. This time it's for real, because, hey... We're not we're not facing Quirrell anymore. We're facing Lord Voldemort in the final battle. Uh, yeah, just wondering what you thought about that. And now, straight from the Leaky Lounge, this week's modcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the modcast. This is Jason, also known on the forums as the Guru of Sloth, and with me today is Heather, also known as Makani. This is Kathy, also known as Anguinia. And this is me, Laurie Damarell, otherwise known on the forum as Astrid Wormwood, and today parading as the Dark Lord's wife, Mrs. A.W. Riddle. Um, today is quite a special, it's a very special day. We are going to dedicate the whole of this modcast to the adoration and worship of some of the best characters in the Harry Potter series, Lucius Malfoy, Severus Snape, and the Dark Lord. I can't actually speak. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a holy day. <laughs> well, we'll give Gloria a moment to, to fan herself. <laughs> yeah. I think what we're interested here, and we've got the right three ladies to talk about this, is why we love the bad guys, or the so-called bad guys, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> if we're in agreement that they are the bad guys. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for Thank leaving you. that little oh. opening. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> The snarky but, guys, the not nice yeah. people, not the Slytherins. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Heather, tell me, um, why? Well, I can answer this, but I, I think there's probably some listeners out there who aren't can't quite understand why you love Lucius so much. Well, first of all, there's like the obvious reasons, like how he talks and operates, and how he's 
very polite, even when he's being completely rude. And um, like he's he's actually a pretty charismatic uh, guy for like a bad guy, you know. And it shows it shows in Draco too. Like they're pretty funny. So it's a <laughs> it's a darker sense of humor, but <laughs> it's still really funny. Like like in um oh that part in Chamber of Secrets yeah. and like he sends he sends Draco this letter it's like just this article about him trying to get Arthur fired, and Draco's like isn't it funny and of course he's like talking to Harry and Ron <laughs> like uh, it's just so arrogant and so I know, like I know. suave he's like yeah very look suave. at me he's very Aren't stylish and it works I mean you know he wins fudge mm-hmm. over he's very successful as well. Yeah, you know, he's he, very polite, like to the right people. Yeah. You know, it's just like he gets we just see him. Yeah, I mean, like we just see him like with Arthur, like when he treats him like crap because he thinks Arthur's stupid. So you yeah, know, well, Arthur of starts not fights in bookshops. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, come on. Arthur is violent. <laughs> yeah, Lucius oh, right. defended. <laughs> no, I love Arthur too, actually. <laughs> Whereas Lucius just juggles muggles in the air. <laughs> well, there's also the fact that he's only, you know, he's only loyal to like. His wife and kid. I mean, he's not Lord of the Voldemort. He's not. Mm. He's certainly not spying for the Order. So, you know, I like that the Malfoys are like neutral. Or <laughs> neutral. For the, for Apart from that, they want Potter dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like. I mean, that is quite not, undeniable. I know yeah, what you mean. I mean. You know I mean, where they stand. <laughs> they're still. Yeah, they're still bad, but they're not like. Like I love Voldemort bad. They're not like Bella. They're not slaves. Bella, I'm right. gonna go around torturing no, no. young children and being a screaming little idiot. We can kind of see how he has some qualities that are attractive to you. But is it a matter of just ignoring all the crappy things he does? Or We've never it, seen him well, perform okay. an unforgivable. There's okay. never really... But there's other... <laughs> okay, yeah. so he, he maybe yeah. gave someone a dodgy diary. Yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. maybe like... But nobody died. No. Nobody died. Nobody died yeah. with the muggle torturing either. If there's no death, it's <laughs> pretty much it's okay. <laughs> yeah. He's but, very much the lead, like, in Order of the Phoenix at the end. He's very much the leader and... He's your typical sort of, I'm not actually going to go and fight on the front line. I'll just sit back in my nice, cosy... You know, they always used to complain in the war poems about the guy who sat at the back and, like, the leader. He's the mouthpiece, you know, he's the one who deals with Harry. But then he just, you know, sends people on their way. He just kind of organizes it. And then when we saw how he bungled everything, we understand... (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, it was actually well. Okay, it was kind of his fault. It was kind of it was kind of. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's also like Bellatrix. Like, you know, yeah. if she hadn't have like thrown that curse at him, he wouldn't have to block it. And then like that's what gave them the idea to like get the prophecy, like hit the hit all the shelves. You, know? well, you could totally see how so. Bellatrix was like a loose cannon that he had, he had to deal with her during the beginning, trying to hold her back. True. I, yeah, I'm sure he would yeah, have left and he her was under a lot of pressure. And she's like his sister-in-law yes. too, which is. You know, there's all that weird tension. Right. Because, you know, he'll have to see her at Thanksgiving right. dinner. Or whatever. That's right. I guess they don't have Thanksgiving. They don't have Thanksgiving. <laughs> all right. So Lucius and the Malfoys, they're, they're classy. They're, they're glamorous. Funny. They might be a little evil. They're but, really, really yeah, they're attractive. Glamorous. They're glam. And rich. They're fab. Then there's the guy who's not necessarily evil. <laughs> the jury is still out. But <laughs> relatively unpleasant by most people's standards. Yeah, whatever. You know who we're talking about? Severus Snape. I think there's a Snape apologist or two in this bunch. <laughs> Not Claire's voice. Man. <laughs> oh, sorry. Snape lover. <laughs> I consider yes. myself Snapeophilic. Well, we actually have a thread on the lounge. Um, I think it's entitled, uh, Is It Female Masochism? And then subtitled, yes. Why Am I So In Love With Snape? And it's in Obscurus Books. And that's a very, very, it really gives some insight as to why people 
love, and I'm saying this, you know, in inverted commas, why they love Snape. Right. And some people, it's identification. They don't love the fact that he's an appalling pedagogue and makes Harry, Hermione, and say Neville feel like they're worthless. But they can identify with the fact that he was bullied at school, that he was an outsider, mm. that he's still an outsider, that he's really got no one who trusts him or loves him or anything like that. And they can identify with that mm. to an extent. Right. With all that, in the end, he's still, he's his own man. You know, he's not, he never cowered. He didn't just take it. He reinvented himself to himself. You know, I think, I think what I find really attractive about him is that he's, He's got his own logic. He makes decisions. He's, I don't feel like he's the Dark Lord's lackey. I mean, I think he's always thinking and he's always um, judging for himself, like, what's in his best interest. And I, I just think he's really, that's really attractive. That would be attractive in anybody. But to me, it's extremely attractive in somebody who, with that background, has kind of pulled himself out of what could have been devastating and you know people people have horrible <laughs> suicidal tendencies you know in situations where yeah. they're bullied extremely but um he never does seem to have that he's like the number two man on both sides he's got a lot of information in his head i just find that very interesting i'm going to intercede with laurie exactly. logic that he's obviously number one because guess who's dead <laughs> that's right no <laughs> that's yeah. right. one yeah. down one to and, go and i'm gonna <laughs> wonder out loud can't you just see the order of the phoenix rallying around snape that doesn't even have to <laughs> oh, after what happened um, in half-blood prince <laughs> I, I have always you know it's it's hard for me sometimes i can go back and forth as to which why i think he really goes but that doesn't matter to me as much as the fact that it just seems like he knows it's going to make sense to him and his character that he's you know whatever side he's working for it's really he's working for his own side so it's kind of this like self-assuredness this uh creative and talented and sensitive like when he talks when he gives the speech in the initial uh, uh, potion speech i I, it's like poetry (laughs) it's beautiful he's sensual very nice the people i work with are very funny and they all have a little bit of baggage you know and the baggage makes you dry and mean and funny and that's not bad i think that's really fun <laughs> i mean three that's my like... favorite part that's my favorite part about snape it's just like how dry his wit is and everything he talks with that soft voice he's very com- you know he commands he has an right. image that freaks people so out just on sight you know he's not a loser anymore that's one of the things that bothers me most about snape is that he's never you're right that he he overcame a lot of like teasing and bullying and whatever growing up in a bad way but He's managed to channel that into some really specific but pretty disturbing tendencies towards like this kind of insane hatred of of Harry and like mistreatment of his students. And doesn't that <laughs> doesn't that bother? I don't anyone? see that he's mistreating his students that much. I really do. I mean, I've had teachers that were sarcastic and and strict. I, it's not the most pleasant class. He's sarcastic. He's strict, but he's more than mm-hmm. that. I mean, he he threatens to kill Neville's pet. He's you know insulted like he the knows where the chains are, students. and he he's, jerks the chains to get the reaction he wants. To me, that's uh, just he knocked over Harry's to, uh, finished assignment. <laughs> that was serum. Yeah, that he's was. completely. He's unfair. These aren't good things. No, no I'm, you know, I wouldn't say that they were either. I don't think yeah. that he's, that people, I mean, I think a lot of people have it had teachers like that. just doesn't stand in your way of. I've had favorite teachers that were mean like that. Yeah, so have I. So this isn't really, I mean, especially with Snape, it's it's not like the classic bad boy syndrome or whatever. Yeah, it's not because he's no, so he's bad. He's not really. No. He's not. He's not the no, bad boy. No, so. Well, I think, I think we should take some time now to talk about Tom Riddle because... It's yes. kind of not the, the most conventional bad guy adoration, 
I, I'm thinking of the wrong word here, but... And there are a few other people I've seen out there who, who like Tom. Maybe not as much as me. Um, and, like, and I think <laughs> about it, and I think, dead. you know, this guy, this, this, like, as a boy, he used to, like, bully people really badly in, like, those two kids in the cave or whatever it was. And I thought, well, why do I like him? And I used to, it was when I was doing those analysis, analyses of, uh, of his motives... And I'd be writing down, well, he did this because of this, this, and this. And I thought, well, I can understand that. And there were other things that he did and certain quirks in his personality where I thought, I can actually relate to that. And I thought, this is like me, only like more evil because I don't kill people or anything like that. <laughs> um, and and then I thought, well, I've kind of got this this respect building up for him. And then, of course, you know, a half-blood prince. And it says that he's handsome. And yeah. that was it. Yeah. It's like we got married that well, he's day. he's a powerful presence, but there's nothing redeeming about him. No, well, I don't really want that. I'm still no closer to understanding any of this. Well, put yourself in our shoes. Imagine, imagine a beautiful blonde beauty like Narcissa. Yeah, it's hard for me to, uh, no matter how lovely I imagine they might be or by any fanfic pictures or anything like that, it's hard for me to really <laughs> have any interest at all in any of these badly well just, you've made the first uh, step jason scary. you've become a slytherin so you know from <laughs> no, that look you have shh don't tell well on that note i think it's time that we wrapped up um i'm mrs riddle saying goodbye this is heather saying goodbye also <laughs> kathy uh, saying Gwyneth. and this is jason and i made it through this whole thing look she's a slytherin <laughs> hope you all enjoyed it goodbye bye bye John and Sue and Melissa, and I have a comment about the chess match relating to the final book. I think that the chess match is sort of foreshadowing what could happen. Like the pieces will be in position to have that go through, but then again, the book is all about all the choices that we make and how they define us and define what's going to happen to us. So I think that what could happen is Ron could die to let Harry get to Voldemort and all of that, but I think that Harry, since he has learned a lot since book one and the experience of the chess match and he has grown as a person, could find a different way through his choices. And I liked the idea that John had about the um, Harry refusing to kill Voldemort and that being actually the downfall as well, and that kind of thing could happen. Um, yeah, but also, I kind of also, it was contradictory to that, but I also kind of believe in the Ron dying being at the end as much as I hate it, because there's so much foreshadowing to Obi's death. Like the chess match thing, and Miss Weasley's bother with all the dead Weasleys, and then how Mr. Weasley says how half the Weasleys would have died without Harry and whatnot. So if Harry is gone, who knows what could happen to them? I mean, Voldemort, they're pretty important to the Order, right? Okay, well, thanks a lot. Love the show. Mwah, Melissa. Okay, John, Sue, love you. Bye. Hi guys, this is Charlie, otherwise known as the Strider of the Leaky Land. I was just wondering if you thought that the whole chessboard McGonagall thing means that um, in the end of book seven means that Dumbledore's actually thought out the whole thing in advance and he's actually playing the long game and also that by extension the rest of the tasks that Harry faces at the end of Philosopher's Stone are also relevant, um, i.e. the fact that Snape, in giving 
give people the tools to get through to the final chamber is actually giving Harry the tools to, for his final confrontation with Voldemort. Are you trying to get him to do Wands magic and teaching him that you have to be as prepared as possible as he thinks at the end of Half Blood Prince? Thanks. Bye. Because I wanted to say that I think that the chess game from the end of Sorcerer's Stone just really shows us the talents of, of Harry, Ron, and Hermione. I don't think it's really going to affect the outcome of Book Seven. I think that it showed us that Ron is really good at, at like, wonderful thinking, that he has skills, so is what Hermione is good at. And so is that Harry is the one who's ultimately good at the quick thinking that will help him defeat Voldemort. Um, bye. Hey everybody, welcome to our first edition of uh, Canon Conundrums, a new segment here on Pottercast. I'm John again. Who else is here? I'm Melissa. And I'm Sue. And Steve. And who is Steve? Who Who's is that Steve? Steve who? There's this... Oh, we have to give Steve a better introduction than that. I know. What was that? I was... <laughs> I totally forgot who was in that here That is totally anticlimactic. Jeez. How terrible. Well, this is, our, this is a big day, everybody. You've all seen that little link on Leaky and Podcast, and I'm sure you've been to the site just as many times as us, but we have the one and only Steve Vanderark with us from the HP Lexicon to grace us Yay! with his knowledge Yay! and presence. Yay, Steve! He's, Yay, he's, he's, yeah. he's Grace us or embarrass us! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> show, us <laughs> show us just how little we know. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> to shame us all for yeah, our lack of, course, of HP knowledge. Yeah, of course, I took your quiz and, you know, did lousy, so... <laughs> oh, no. oh. Steve just took our, our quiz, which will be out by the time this uh, this comes out. So, yeah, Steve just took our IQ quiz. What did you get, Steve? Um, Not real good. Oh. <laughs> I got, I got <laughs> 113, okay. I, right. think I got like 110 problem. and I wrote that's it. That's troll. Oh, no. <laughs> that's not troll. That's not troll. That's acceptable. No. That, that's what I always get is acceptable. That's what I got on the wombats too. You got oh. acceptable. I got acceptable. Well, so did I. So that's okay. But though, yeah. though I did beat right. you on the right. quiz. But this is so cool. There's nothing wrong with being acceptable. It's the Hufflepuff way. We accept. It that. is the Hufflepuff <laughs> way. Absolutely. Don't get them started, Sue. Okay, Do you really want to start this so early? <laughs> oh my. Sorry. Okay. okay. So canon conundrums is our our new segment where we discuss something that is not so much a theory. But it's like a sticking point. It's like a, a problem with the canon, uh, something that has yet to be figured out. And we're going to rip it apart and try and get to, to some of the answers uh, uh, about the remaining, the remaining, the one sole remaining Harry Potter book. Uh, Harry Potter and the... Hunt for the Horcrux. Horcry. Hunt, hunt for the Horcry. Steve, what do you think about this Horcry phenomenon? About the what? Do you know about John's Horcry thing? <laughs> No. <laughs> John oh, okay. calls them Horcry, not yes. Horcruxes like it says in the book. Well, that's uh-huh. such a mouthful to say Horcry. Horcruxes. Yes. Well, Doesn't Horcry just come out so much better? Yeah, but Horcruxes is canon, so there. Oh. So, yeah, see? All right. That's, that's going to be Steve's answer to many, many things, but yeah. that's canon. It, it so is, there. actually. Oh, that's why we have him here, so... Yeah. Well, I just had a conversation with somebody today about when Snape... When, when is Snape and Snape's birth year? And, you know... There's absolutely no right answer, so whatever canon says is what it is, even if it doesn't work. So yeah. So Wait, there. explain that that statement. Same with, same with Charlie Weasley. There's you know? no right answer, so whatever canon says it is is what it is, even if it doesn't work. That was a that made what? Well, think about it. Um, for example, Charlie Weasley. When was he born? Well, um, Joe has specifically said that he was born a certain year. Well, there's all sorts of references in the books with that doesn't match up with, but since that's what she said, 
then those mm-hmm. are just errors, and that's what it is. I mean, it's not going to work out, basically. So you just go with whatever the strongest canon is, and that's what you're stuck with. And so Joe's saying something, even if it's contradicted in the books, it's the strongest canon. Yes. Yeah. I believe yeah. that well, In most well. cases. Not all cases, but most cases, yeah. Well, let's, let's go over with everybody who may not quite understand what we're talking about by canon. What exactly makes canon and what's not canon? Like, obviously, anything in the book is canon. Anything which version? Uh, which version? <laughs> well, seriously, no, yeah, which version? I don't know. The... We should explain to people what we mean by canon, period. I mean, people don't... We've gotten emails too leaky before people asking, what exactly do you mean by canon? So, well, canon is, is something that Joe has, has written in the books that we, we have accepted as fact as, or, or as is. Yeah, I would say it's stuff that's contained in the text or including corrections and additions that she has made later. And that includes all six books, plus the fan- Fantastic Beasts and Quidditch throughout the ages. And I guess, what, the, her website, anything she's ever said in there, or does that not count as canon? I don't know. What's the call on that? I count that as canon. I do, too. Yeah, I do, too. Okay. It all comes from that massive store of books and boxes and yeah. stuff that she has, which is, I guess, if there's a physical canon, that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, and see, but see, that's an important point, because some people would argue that it's only what's in the novels. Mm-hmm. because in the case of some authors, that would be the only canon. But in her case, she has very clearly and intentionally created a larger world and said, I don't have room to put it all in the books. So in her way of thinking, all the rest of that stuff is part of the world. You can tell that because of things she said. So since she has made it clear that other things are included in her view of the Harry Potter universe, then we have to include them too. I mean, there are other authors who would say, yeah, I've got all sorts of notes and things, but none of them ended up in the book, and they're just nothing. So she does specify that she has other things which are part of the story, part of the canon. And she also lets us know when there's something from her notes that is not. She has a very clear delineation between my notes that are are part of the story and my notes that are not part of the story. What else is, is not canon? I think we can assume anything Steve Cloves writes... Is not canon. <laughs> it's depiction of Hermione. <laughs> what about things that show up in like Harry Potter video games or cards? From oh, the trading cards. cards. Yeah, that's a. Well, she she uh, specifically contributes to both of those. So, mm-hmm. so wait, once and for all, is flipendo a spell in the canon or something somebody made up? It's in the video games only. Do we know if she gave them spells? We have no idea which things she created and which ones she didn't, so we can't say. How frustrating. Well, see, I have, I've talked to some people at Electronic Arts, mm-hmm. and uh, there are a number of things I mean, that she has given them, information that she has given them, including all of the famous wizard cards. Yeah. But they are not allowed contractually to say <laughs> that they have new Harry Potter information, and so they, can't, you know, they don't say what's exactly from her and what isn't. Hmm. Which makes sense. There well, could be some fact in there that screws everything up. Maybe once the seventh to. book is out, we can sit down with every all those people and just figure it out, pound it out once and for all. If if it's still interesting at that point. What did you say? I think it will be. If it's still interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you this know, is John we're, we're talking about. Where did you get this guy? Steve, Steve, you're just beginning to discover. John, you have you just read these beginning. books before? I've gotten through it a couple times. Of a few okay, of them. all right, okay, I'm just checking. I am enjoying watching you 
watching you discover the depths of John knowing if, Steve. He's not going to let me off the hook here. <laughs> okay, here's, here, are, here is the other canon besides the books. Okay. okay. Joe's website, mm-hmm. the famous wizard cards, mm-hmm. the Daily Prophet newsletters, mm-hmm. and the Black Family Tree. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Then all of the ch- interviews and chats where we have her exact words and Harry Potter and me. And there's one other thing, which is the Godric's Hollow Attack scene from uh, Philosopher's Stone, the yeah. movie. Yeah, which was so... In, that. That's another... That's that's the topic of another one of these canon conventions. Absolutely it is. Because that was so interesting to see. But see, then there's it's, another problem, is that what about really, really clear logical deductions you can make from things which she has said or which are in the book? So are they canon just because you had to deduce them, but they're obvious? Uh-huh. So are they canon or are they not? Hmm... Okay, so let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go into the real the real deal. What's our first yes, topic? Our first to, canon conundrum. We have yet to get into our canon conundrum for this and week. You may recall um, our question from one of the previous podcast: What um, everybody thinks of the final chess match of uh, Sorcerer's Philosopher's Stone? And you've already heard um, a few uh, feedbacks from the fans earlier on in the episode. And uh, now we're gonna get into. Um, what uh, what do we think of that scene, and um, who would, who would at least like, like to describe the scene for everybody who hadn't read the book in a few years? Okay, the the scene is down in the chambers underneath the castle when they're going after the philosopher's stone, and um, they walk into a dark room. The room is completely black, and then the lights come on, and they are faced with a huge chessboard. And uh, what they determine is, and Ron kind of comes to the conclusion that they have to play their way across to the other side. And so they each have to take the part of a chess piece on the board. And Ron takes the knight, and Harry takes the bishop, and um, Hermione takes a rook or a castle. And uh, then Ron, he kind of apologizes, says that neither one of them is very good at chess, and he hopes that they're not offended, which kind of makes me smile. No, no, that's fine, they said. So he runs the chess match, and, of course, in the process, uh, he uh, figures out that uh, in order for them to, to be able to win, he has to take a hit. And so the white queen comes and gives him a smashing blow over the head with her stone arm, and down he goes. And then they uh, they win. So that's the scene. That's a very cool cinematic scene. Yes. Yes. Since then, there have been wild, not wild, but huge theories. Uh, because people who are um, into analysis would see a big symbolic scene like that because every chess board is indeed a battle. It's a war. And we are talking about war in the Harry Potter books. And sees it as analogous to the series as a whole. And mm-hmm. there have been very, very intricate, excellent, intricate theories about this chess match. And so let's uh, let's get into it. You want to start right away with the big one? Sure. The Knight to King? Knight to King. Yeah. Have oh, we all read it? A, oh, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I love I love all those things that they that they found and the connections that they made. I mean, just just very cool. Well, there's a basic tenet to Knight to King, and that is that Ron, mm-hmm. and this is where this is where the theory has been shut down. Ron is Dumbledore from the future, mm-hmm. and he is coming back in time to direct Harry through the through it, and that the the specific spaces actually represent stages in the specific st- spaces they take in the match represent 
stages of the war against Voldemort. And Dumbledore as a general directing Harry through this. Sure. And, but, you know, it's interesting because the whole theory of Ron being Dumbledore from the future, uh, you know, Joe did shoot that one down. She shot it down on her website. And we'll put up the link for people that didn't know. Right, exactly. But that doesn't mean that the rest of it can't make sense. I mean, that particular aspect of it, which is very cool, but, it, okay, so maybe that's not true, but you don't have to have that to have the whole thing, you know, make sense. It's just a really cool part that would have been cool, but it doesn't throw the whole thing out, I don't think. Well, I'd, I'd agree. I mean, I I think the Dumbledore time travel thing, Ron, was was um, not well supported. But I think the seven stages, there's a parallel mm-hmm. in the story, I think, just not just with contained within the book, but obviously the seven um, books, the seven series, and the moves that, that Harry developed. Like, if you read this theory at the end, it talks about how Harry in the final three moves has to move off by himself. Um, and then we saw a development of Harry obviously after um you know through each book becoming more independent and he realizes now that he has to um be the one to deal with Voldemort um so there's certain certain amount of credence I guess I don't know but to me I just don't buy this whole thing so well here's here's why here's why Melissa hates this theory well tell us how you really feel (laughs) oh no 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 hate and you'll understand in a minute because I I know the girls who wrote it and I, I I you know there's no hate for them but because it involves Ron sacrificing himself. There's a very particular moment where Ron sacrifices himself and Harry and Hermione charge on alone, you know, to do the battle. And Ron, if Ron is to die in these books, I, I can't, I couldn't take it. I could not take it. Forget the canon implications and how accurate it might be. My heart yeah. <laughs> will explode. So um, for that reason, I think for a lot of fans reasons, I just sort of shut it off. I just say, no, no, absolutely not. I mean, I, I think that's the only thing. That um, if you if you want to say um, the scene foreshadows anything in the later books, I think that's 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 a very good possible foreshadow of Ron having to do something to protect Harry, and then the process gets wiped out. But um, I mean, obviously that'd be heartbreaking, but that would definitely be a very moving uh, scene for the final book. You know, the thing, the thing is that there's always kind of two levels when I look at something like this. One of them is um, the analysis kind of things where, 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 for example, just the idea of privet drive, uh, privet being a, a kind of a boring word, a boring kind of a plant, and the fact that it, his, his, his street name is the same name as a kind of a plant that's used for a hedge. In other words, he's, he's kind of hedged in. Okay, I think that's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. But then the other level is, if, you kind of, if I kind of step out of that and I think, okay, how does Joe write these things? And I mean, what level do I see her actually putting that kind of meaning into? And I just don't see evidence of her doing that to that level of, of intricate detail. Um, I just don't see any place in the books where she does anything that, and I don't want to use her clever because I don't want to suggest she's not clever, but it, I don't see that level of... of, of of uh, deep meaning to things in the books. I just don't see it. And so even though I think it's a wonderful theory, it just doesn't fit with the way that I see her writing the books. I don't see her being that foreshadowing in book one already. I think she's making too much of this stuff up as she goes along to have it worked out to that kind of detail already at book one. I'd also 
also like to say, too, because I remember, like, reading the first series of books, the first time I read through the books, the very, you know, like, the first couple of books, there was an awful lot of mention of chess, that Rom, they were always playing chess, and I thought, well, and, and then when this, this theory came out several years ago, I thought, well, I, I can kind of see where they're getting, but then, and I've only read Half-Blood Prince just once, so I, my memory on it is very poor, but um, is was there even any mention in the last book of chess at all? I mean, so... No, I know there I wasn't th- number five, and that's that's the other chess stuff. I remember. Yeah, it just seemed like it's became less prevalent to me. I don't know. I just I just remember it maybe just being so much more vivid in my mind when I first read the books than than it is now. But I I I just seemed to me that maybe she's just stepping away from it. I because I'm I'm inclined to go with what Steve is saying that she's making some of this up along as she goes along. I mean, not the whole basic out outline of the story, but just the little stuff. I think she's kind of. Maybe. But the chess game at the end of book one is Harry's first real lesson in war, right? Yeah. It's his first real combat experience. And you have to, there's an argument to be made that he has learned things that will absolutely be necessary for his last battle. And one of those things is you have to make some sacrifices. I think that was a big thing to happen to him right down there and for him to sort of accept, even though it was Ron. So maybe the chess game will come back in that moving that he will have to make some huge sacrifice but now he's you know it's it's not kids this is not kid stuff anymore you're not battling a giant chess set you're battling real real people who really kill people yeah and you've got to do it you've got to make the sacrifice to save other people i think that maybe if anything the the trio like ron and hermione are going with harry on his quest for for voldemort but i just for for me i i see them as maybe or ron and hermione will act as like um a decoy or something and away from so that Harry can make his confrontation with with Voldemort on that. So I don't. I just don't see that Ron died. I just don't see it. I I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe I'm like you, Melissa. I just I could, if it would happen, I would just be. I would throw the book down. Yeah. It was bad enough with Sirius. So if it was Ron, it would be. Terrible. Yeah. So your mind just rejects <laughs> yeah, it, it does. and you just therefore think it is incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That whole underground world seemed to be in stages. Represent all the kind of things that Harry would have to face in the future the different skills as a wizard he would need. He would need to stay calm under pressure. He would need strategy. He would need logic. He would need brawn. He would, you know, all the different, the troll was the brawn and Sprout, we forgot Sprout, did the, the, did the venomous tentacula. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it also shows that Harry that can't do it. That was Devil Snare, actually. Devil Snare, you're right, not right. venomous. Go on, sorry. You're correct. <laughs> but it also, it also, thanks, Steve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to say venomous tentacula. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> but it also shows how these he can't get through it without the other two. They mm-hmm. All their skills combined make up the possibility of getting to Voldemort as first-year students at Hogwarts. Right, and I think you know, taking that, I think that the that the real purpose of the chess match, more than anything, was to to give a situation where Ron could shine. Yeah, yeah. sure. I think that that was really why that's there. Just like the the potion riddle is the, is the logic that Hermione gets her chance to shine. I just think it would be interesting to. I'd love to see the missing chapter where we watch Quirrell make his way through all this stuff. Yeah, you know. That would be I mean, cool. how did he win the chess match? Did what? Did Quirrell fly around on the little broom and catch the key? You know exactly. Well, I mean, how did the key get broken in the first place? Well, I think it's because because Quirrell smashed it against the wall just like Harry did a few minutes yeah. later. Yeah, but but if 
would it make sense though that Dumbledore had all the teachers in the room at the same time and said we have to do this protect this that he at that point was still assuming that Quirrell was good and that all the teachers were aware of what each each um, phase was <laughs> set up and that so that's how Quirrell knew to get through it I mean he was already well right that would help him with Devil's Snare it might not help him with the chest it might not help him with the key yeah. and it probably wouldn't help him with the... I, I doubt Snape like showed him which bottles would be oh that's probably true, which... that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah I doubt that right. yeah I don't know. I just, I just yeah. wondered about that whole situation, what was going on with the the, the faculty at that time. Yeah, like if, if uh, Professor McGonagall, yeah, if she had built like a little back door to like the chess match where she pushed like one of the the checker uh, boxes and the whole well, thing just disappeared. Did she? She would have to bewitch them, right? Those were bewitched chessmen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that would be her. So she could have it all set up and get out of there, then just cast like- her spell, right? I mean, I are there like passwords on these spells? Can only the person who did it undo it? Can't a wizard just go down there and unbewitch? I don't know. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah, why don't they just do a finita incantatum and shut them yeah. all off, you know? Yeah. That's, That's a good a point. Good <laughs> well, you know, and of course, if, you know, if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're a smart evil overlord, if you want to read the evil overlord list, <laughs> if you're going to hide the one item that's going to be, the, don't put it like behind all this stuff with basically with signs saying, yeah. this is the way to the item. Exactly. You know? yeah. Warcrux here. <laughs> if Dumbledore would have been smart, he would have put all that stuff down there and then put the stone like in a little, up on his shelf in his office. Nobody would have thought to look there. It's true. It's very true. Though I have to admit that his mirror thing was a pretty good plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, where does what's everybody think now? This is this is the part where we all give our little final says about the topic of the week, which is what's the deal with the chess match? Is there a deal at all? Sue, you go first. I think it's a very clever idea, but no, I I don't think that the chess match will be indicative of what's going to happen in book seven. Sue says it was just something for book one. That's it. It was one crazy night. Yeah. I'm going to say that I think she probably thought about the overall arc of the book as she was doing it, you know, but Mm -hmm. didn't make anything, didn't wed events in the chess match to what would happen later in the books. Just sort of thought about the path that these people have to take. And if that includes Ron sacrificing himself, I'm, I'm going away and never coming back. No. You next. Well, I think... Um, I I have a hard time believing that every every step in the chessboard, every every little piece, every move, is mirrors something, and in, in the actual, you know, final c- confrontation. Um, a lot a lot now because I don't think there's going to be a big war confrontation out of it. It doesn't look like that's going to be the kind of book this is. But um, the only thing that I do think may be relevant is the is the Ron sacrifice. I think that quite possibly could happen, whether or not it pisses off Melissa. I think Ron will have to sacrifice himself, and then that's when Harry and Hermione will discover their non-platonic love for each other. No, and go off and no! And finish off Voldemort and get married. And now the voice of reason, Steve Van Der Ark. Oh, no. Well, I, th- I think it's an absolutely delightful theory. I think that there's... I don't see Joe writing that kind of... Uh, 
deep, dark, secret meanings into things at all. I don't see any evidence of that anywhere in the books. But I think it's great fun. I loved reading through it and thinking about it. But no, I don't think it has anything whatsoever to do. I wouldn't even go as far as Melissa. I don't think that she was thinking of any sort of future anything. I think she was just thinking to herself, okay, I've got to have something for Ron now to be able to stand out because I want all of the, them. I want it to be clear that he needed his friends. And so that, hey, let's have him play chess. He's shown that he's good at chess. So that's what I think it is. Good stuff. Well, Well, that was our first canon conundrum (laughs) segment. Canon conundrums. Canon conundrums. Well, Steve, why don't you, Steve, why don't you go ahead and announce the topic for next week? That will also be the next voicemail challenge for all of you to send your voicemails into um, the Skype name Pottercast and all the other phone numbers on Pottercast.com. What's your opinion of this next topic slash theory will be? Okay, so the topic for next week is going to be, uh, oh man, everybody's favorite. We're going to talk about the, the uh, whatever happened at Godric's Hollow with the missing 24 hours of time and uh, maybe even touch on who was there. Uh, yeah, that'll be a good one. We'll talk about that. Okay, and if you want to do that, <laughs> you can Skype us at Pottercast or you can call us at one seven zero two four two leaky which is one seven zero two four two five three two five nine, or in the UK it's two zero seven one nine three two eight seven two, or you can email your answer to staff at Pottercast dot com. Uh, the mail's here. Oh, great! Thanks. It's the mailbag of Pottercast number 36. Yes. Everybody loves the mailbag, I think. Yes, we do. So this is the part where we where we listen to your voicemails and pretend to have yes. an answer. Yes, because we are brilliant. Hey guys, two questions. One, what exactly do you think that that bogey hex looks like? Just because bogeys is, you know, the British term for boogers. So I don't like that's flying out your nose. Who knows what? But I was just curious if you guys thought on that. And the other one is, what do you think of the differences between a warlock and a wizard? Because they use both terms and both of them um, are, you know, male witches or, you know, male uh magic people, um, and they both can do magic, but I just didn't know what the difference was between them. So um, that's all. Love your show. Bye. Well, the warlock thing always reminds me of, you know that old TV show, Bewitched? I still love that, you know? <laughs> and wasn't the warlocks like... Warlock sounds like something you become when you're an old yeah. wizard. Yes. It wasn't like, yeah, like dad. wrinkles and saggy skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems to me to have like a... A bigger connotation of power. Yeah. Does Joe use warlocks in her stories, or is warlock? Yeah, they're in. They're in there yeah, a little like bit. A, it says warlock here. Yeah, and like there. warlock convention. Maybe it's like a formal gathering, like they have like dukes and you know squires and that kind of thing. Maybe warlocks oh. are like a title. Maybe warlock is a title you acquire yeah. that that is some sort of decision making title yeah. in the wizarding world. Maybe that's what they're called if you're in the the wizardingamod. Well, okay. So, what about the bat bogey? Oh man, the bat bogey. Woohoo! I dig that. I think that's Bats hilarious. Line out of your nose. <laughs> it's so disgusting. It's so disgusting. But don't you, you think, think they're a... small little bats? No, no, I do not. I think they're big. I think it depends on the power of the person who casts yeah. it. Because if you had a big bat come out of your nose, that could like rip your nostrils open. No, they're magic. That could also scar you for life. Sure. No, they probably, you know, Gilderoy Lockhart probably has some back cure, you know, for him, but I don't know. Yeah, you know, you invented something. Yeah. 
that won't work. work, but you know, that did not. But work. you can see that. Though, that I just think that would be hilarious. You can just see the special effects guys, you know, making like this little, like little tiny thing coming <laughs> out of your nose, and then see, bam. Yeah, I'm not so excited about that. No, <laughs> oh, they they're awesome. I can go without. I think it's one of those things that she creates that is so disgusting that we have, like, our, your brain automatically decides not to figure out what that looks yeah. like. You don't want you to know? go too deep. <laughs> and so it's this big question. What's a pet boogie hex look like? Because if you think about it too hard, you realize what yeah. it looks like. <laughs> All right, let's do the next one. Hi, Pottercast. This is Matt from Suffolk, Virginia. Uh, as much fun as Mr. Blood is, uh, don't you think that more of the blood that's in Voldemort really came from Wormtail? There was an awful lot of blood in that hand that fell into the cauldron. And only a couple of drops came from Harry, so most of Voldemort's blood is really Wormtail's and not Harry's. And let's not forget that Wormtail had a uh, life debt to Harry. So don't you think that that would mean that perhaps Voldemort has a life debt to Harry now? And maybe that was what was behind the gleam of uh, triumph that was in Dumbledore's eyes. What do you think about that, John? Thanks, Pottercast. Bye. Rat blood? No. No. This is well, why. Well, it was his hand. His hand had this, plenty of blood when he went into that cauldron. It happened to have blood, but if you recall the actual spell, the bone was from the, the father. The flesh, which we have to assume means, you know, his muscles and his skin and all that, mm-hmm. is from the servant, and the blood is from the but enemy. Hold on. Because you, what, you, what you were maintaining was that because the only blood... Because you thought that that alien form didn't have blood. Because the only blood that went into that cauldron was Harry's, therefore Voldemort is entirely made up of Harry's. That's what, you, that's what you've been maintaining. Mm-hmm. Harry's blood is not the only blood in that mixture. And when Vormtail's blood dropped in there, the mixture turned blood red, if you yeah. remember. No, I don't care. Um, it's not... Wormtail's flesh is what was just, contributed just to the mixing thing. mixing your theory around. I'm not mixing to anything. Make it, to make see, it work. I, the, the alien little guy that, that Voldemort was... He did not have. He was not. His body was not operating with blood. Okay, mm-hmm. but as soon as what? His, how do you know that? Yes, he, he just decided that. This is a little notebook that I got. With Joe. He has to have a little heart to, to breathe and stuff. I mean, even magic people have to breathe yeah. until this form. I mean, you have to have blood for the oxygen in your. Even snakes have yeah. blood. No, so that's. Do they? <laughs> they have to have some sort blood. of apparatus for him. So even if it's mutant blob, he's still got some sort of blood in him. You know. You know, this is going to be something you're going to have to take up with Joe, because I guarantee me and Joe are on the same page with no, this. No, I bet you're not. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm one way or the other. But when you say things like he didn't have blood, and you have no way of knowing whether that's true or not, other than you just guessed, because it, there's nothing in the text that says whether whether you're that's right true. or not. That's when I can't just say that you're right, because you could you could equally be right or wrong that he had blood in him. I don't know. He's thoroughly so, but, you know, but that's really now. interesting, though, about Pettigrew. You know, if it's Pettigrew's flesh, theoretically, I mean, if we really want to break this down and be gross, what is, is there mm-hmm. an element of goodness in then somehow instilled in Voldemort? Because I think despite the, Vold- despite the fact that, Peter, you know, Peter Pettigrew betrayed people and went to the dark side, that there was an element of goodness that was originally sorted into Gryffindor. So maybe... I don't know. Maybe that's the, that's going to be the key you know, to this, help defeating him. I don't know. I don't know. This idea also exists that Voldemort is now parts of parts of three other people. Yeah. He's got the bone of his father, and let's say that yes, all the blood is Harry's, and he's got well, he can, his blood is Harry's, and then his flesh is Wormtail's. Mm-hmm. The only part of him that is still Voldemort is the the, the fragment of right. soul. Mm-hmm. Right. So 
you know, that's gotta, that's gotta play out. That's gotta have ramifications that he didn't, that he just sort of like glossed over in favor of the idea that I will have a body and I will be fully powerful right. again. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, that's, I mean, I think that has to do with the, the gleam of triumph. I think that's going to be the big reveal at the end of book mm-hmm. seven and the whole thing. Okay. Well this, this, this next voicemail is interesting. Okay. Pottercast, be prepared to write things down. I want to know what you think when Ginny, Pansy, Draco, Parvati, Lavender, Ron, Hermione, and Colin Creevy think of when they emit the Patronus. Thank you. Bye-bye. The first one is Ginny. Who do we think? So easy. What do we think her happy thought is? So easy. Mr. So Harry easy. Potter. It's freaking making out with Mr. Harry in various stages of... No, oh. no. I just think that, you know, she's always had a crush on him all along that I just think she's, you know, thinking of that there's going to be a connection, you know. Okay, love. yeah. It'd be think... like at their wedding or something. Yeah. Like be up something. Doing their wedding. Or... I think... It has to be a thought of something that's happened, doesn't it? Oh, does it? It has to be your happiest memory. Oh, that's right. You're right. Oh, my gosh. It could be your happiest daydream. It could be Harry saving her, but that wasn't, that wasn't exactly happy. She was a little bit distraught at the time. Maybe it was the first time she saw him. Mm, I don't know. It could be arriving at Hogwarts. Yeah, when she got her letter. Uh, I don't know how it's it could sort of bland. not be something to do with Harry. Pansy. Oh, Draco, <laughs> baby. That's what I'm she thinking. She can't produce a Patronus. I don't think she could produce a Patronus. I, 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 I think the Death Eater clan is Patronusly challenged. Well, you know, no, no, no. Yes. Let's think about this. Has she learned it? Do they teach Patronuses in, in their classes, though? Not I mean, yet. Harry taught, or maybe they did it in Harry's, you know, little class, but so maybe you're right. She, maybe she doesn't even I mean, it. I don't think Snape taught it, and no. we know that Umbridge sure no, didn't. That's true. Maybe. I, I think for her, it's, it's, it's being elevated to a position of power. I think it's, it's like being... Yeah. Not even Draco, but being on somebody powerful's arm like yeah. Draco. You know? Yeah, what's well, social? Yeah, I think she's pretty. There's partly what you see is what you get with her, so. Now, Draco. Hmm. His happy thought? I don't think um, he has happy thoughts, so. Other than. than probably just a normal life with all of Harry his money. Harry dying. Yeah, maybe. Harry being humiliated, maybe. Yeah. More like. Maybe there was, there was a moment where he really got Harry over the past four years and he just. It was like exalting. Yeah. Well, next is Parvati. <laughs> I don't know enough about Parvati. The Yule Ball? Like, <laughs> I think it has something to do with like her. and She's really into divination with Trelawney. So I'm thinking maybe it has to do that she got a prediction that was right or something. I don't, I don't know. It wasn't about, maybe it was when she got her bunny, the one that died or something, you know? But when she got <laughs> it, you really know? I don't care about Parvati. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's also Lavender. Yeah. Lavender can be... One, one. <laughs> getting... Well, that's sort of over. No, no, maybe... It could be Ron, uh, Ron saying to Hermione, I don't like you. I'm never going to like you. I like Lavender. Okay, what about Ron? Quidditch, definitely. I'm going to say think, all the time that um, he and Hermione spent together at the criminal place before Harry showed up. Um, it's a dreary place. Um, they were all worried about Harry. It wasn't exactly... They had a lot of happiness. time on their own. I don't think anything happened. Don't think oh, come on. It was happening right when Harry walked in. Didn't happen. Don't you remember their reactions? Would be different. Is that when... Wait, what year did on she the give... Bed her, together? What year did he give her perfume? Six. For the Christmas present. that present. Yeah. Ron, Harry gives her a book and... She goes, that's interesting perfume. Yeah. It must have been the worst yeah. perfume ever. But I think, so maybe things were like starting to like kick there and they're just, you know... Hmm. Yeah, I think his his happy thought's going to change in book yeah, seven. Definitely. 
Hermione? Getting her letter to Hogwarts. I think when Harry and Ron saved her in the first book, when they first started to become friends. The troll moment? Those were probably her first friends of her life. No. Yeah, maybe. Why not? Mm. I don't believe it. She was one of those those girls in well, first elementary school who anyway. was really hard to like. Yeah. Friends with the boys. Yeah. Well, maybe that's you got a good point. Like really solid friends. Yeah, I suppose that's maybe true. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe when she just f- figured out that she was that she was a witch. Yeah, probably. That's why I thought that that she was special. Yeah. And lastly, Colin Creevy. <laughs> Harry's autograph or taking his picture. I don't know. I I don't know. Some of these characters, we just don't know enough right, about them. Especially I mean, the Greebies. They've just like, I thought they might have been a little bit more prominent, but they've just, you know, I mean, they're barely mentioned. Greebies are the fanboys. Yeah. They're Harry's fanboys. Yeah. Well, one more okay. question. One more. Hello, this is Claire from New York City, Simpsonville Lounge. What do you think, because um, we've seen Hermione as being very perceptive to different people, such as Cho in Order of the Phoenix, when she explains to Harry what Cho is going through. But she also seems to be very blind about some things, like in the first DA meeting in the Hogshead, when she thinks they're coming not because they want to hear Harry talk about the graveyard, but because they actually want to join the DA, and also with the house elves, I mean, she doesn't understand that they like their lives, that they like to clean, and they like to work. Um, just wondering what you think about this, whether she's just being purposely blind, that she actually wants to believe it so much that she actually does believe it. And if not, why else is it like this? Thanks. That was so long. Bye. Well, I just think it's, you know, just to show that that no one person has all the answers. I think Joe deliberately writes her like that, you know, that sometimes book smarts don't always equate uh, logic smarts or social skills or life yeah. smarts or something. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's because Hermione's strength is, is her knowledge of and her resource in her brain. But I don't know mm-hmm. if it's she's like street savvy. I don't know. I think you're right. I think it's the street savviness when it comes to some practical matters. Mm-hmm. That's when she sort of slipped, like everything logically in her head will make sense, but she hasn't considered the actual practical response of what the centaurs yeah. will be. She hasn't factored that in because clearly they won't, they won't hurt them. Clearly this will be a smart plan, yeah. you know, or Dumbledore's army. No, people will be much more interested in learning how to, to fight dark magic than what happened with Harry at the graveyard. No, you know, mm-hmm. but when it comes down to a practicality, that's when her, her logic you know, sort of gets gets fuzzy. She can't accept that maybe the house elves really do like the way they live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stuff. What do you think, John? I mean, you're saying yeah. what I was thinking. Just you know, she's got she got it all worked out logically in her head about most situations, but doesn't really um, get the, the human nature element into too much too many of her thoughts, I guess, and the the sense of nature, I suppose, too. It can be lumped into that. All right, people. Well, this is a fun mailbag. Yes, thank you for writing and calling. All right, folks. See you later. Bye-bye. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. It's the end. It's the wrap-up. Oh, not this. The wrap-up. It's the wrap-up. Guys. I love the wrap-up. Do you know what what we are? 100 Uh, days less 
to Lumos. Woohoo! You are right. April 19th oh was the 100 day mark, correct? I think so. So here we are, rocking and rolling. And we forgot to mark it. We had all these plans of doing like a leak uh -huh. mug, <laughs> countdown, <laughs> the whole thing. And it just. We'll shoo. do it for 50. It's. Hmm? Or for 75. And then for 50. And then for 25. It's getting and then, close. And then we'll do something on zero. It's getting mighty close, guys. I know. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I can't wait. Hey, if you haven't yet, do us, do us a favor. <laughs> Lose no, not that. We go over to oh. um, there's a on, our, on the top of Leaky. There's a ticker. I know we usually ask you to vote for us at Podcast Alley. If you want to do that, that's cool. But where a lot of you have already done so, and we appreciate it. But if you want to, if you haven't yet, we are nominated for the tenth annual Webbies. Um, and voting ends on my, on May 9th and so we're, we're currently at 70% of the vote which is fantastic uh, on the first day that we were up at like 96 but that was always going to go down because I think we're just the first people to vote to you know to have our users vote and as the other people had their users vote you know it went down but if you haven't done it there are, there are still there's still like a week and a half left uh, we would really appreciate it because we're really excited and we want to show people you know that the Potter fans that's right we Rule of school. Powder fans like internet too. <laughs> yes. So, right. So it says right. right at the top of Leaky, it'll say, you know, Leaky nominated for Webby vote now, and you can go and 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 do it there. And then you click, and then you go to that page, and, and then click. you click, and then you go to that page, and then you give us back to like a hundred and twelve percent of the vote. Hundred and twelve. Just that like would Hermione's. Uh, no, she got hundred and fourteen percent on her first year. Charms test. Oh, look at you, trivia lady. Ooh, I'll never forget me. that. I know things. Well, speaking of trivia, that was a mighty. You know, <laughs> have we talked about those quizzes? <laughs> I mean, we did for some. some I did terrible on the quiz. That was tough. I think I got every answer on the first page correct, and then maybe like two <laughs> on the second page, and then I just hit next, next, and then see what I got. The Muggle Boys were saying too. Jamie from Mullinet was like, "I got to the third page. That was it." <laughs> Yeah, I told you it's hard. But the thing that the thing that's happened because it's hard is everybody's been like, "Well, have you taken it? Have you taken it? Have you? What did you get?" And it's because <laughs> I'm watching well, people. Sure. I'm 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 skulking around Live Journal and stuff and watching people take okay. these tests. It is cracking me you know up. What? I think that they they needed to add one more picture though because, you know, I got I myself got a Ron. Um, but you know, I think underneath Ron, I don't know, maybe it could be a, a caricature of me. <laughs> Because how worthless I am! You're obviously. not worthless. You just have a unique perspective. That would be. Yeah. It was very tempting to put you in the, the description, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I restrained myself. Oh yes. That was that was just so much fun. I'm ha I have fun writing those little, the blurbs. Oh yeah. You know? But man, those questions fun. though! My goodness! I mean. Uh, no. They were designed. It was designed gracious. to be a really hard. So that if you got an O. You were, you're just the king of school, you know? King of the school. Yeah, but, I mean, or, you know, and I didn't cheat, you know? I mean, it's tempting for people to go <laughs> dash right over to that lexicon, yeah. you know, but... Nope. Well, lexicon's got that awesome new search Yeah, they do. Too. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they do have a great search. You could find anything you want in there by just clicking it in. Goodness sakes. Um, but, no, but, yeah, it's really hard. But we're going to come up... We have other ones in the yeah. pipeline, actually, quite a few, and a lot of you have been sending them in. So if you've written Harry Potter quizzes and you'd like to see them featured on Leaky... Um, we have somebody working soon on that section to add a lot of quizzes there. So the address yeah. is quizzes at the-leaky-cauldron.org. 
And if you've written Harry Potter essays, don't send them to Melissa because no. you'll never get them back. I mean, I never promised you'd get them back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the essay editor for a reason. Um, who's, the, who's the essay editor? Kristen. Oh. Not Kristen Sugarquill Kristen. Not Kristen Leaky Liaison Kristen. Kristen oh. M. Because we at Leaky, we don't hire you unless your name already exists <laughs> on our job exactly. list. Exactly. We've now I, got I can't. three Nicks, two Chrises, two Kristens with eyes. Tell me how right, right that is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just keeps. I'm actually hanging out with the the new BK. No. <laughs> He's a 14-year-old kid from Michigan. Well, Logan has a BK. <laughs> they do? What, what are the chances? Wow. <laughs> it's so weird. Oh, that's brilliant. But you're not allowed to be hired if your name is Melissa. Yes. Cheers, because there can only be one. <laughs> one I'm Melissa, just kidding. I guess. That's that's enough for everybody. Uh, aren't you mm. funny? Uh, so, take the quiz, fail it. It's okay. We all did. <laughs> I wrote quiz. it and I failed. It's cool. Vote for the Webbies <laughs> and then vote on the leaky poll of where you fall on the canon conundrums topic this week. The chess chess match yeah. is already there. Actually, I'm going to start making those polls good. fit the canon conundrums a few a few days out from podcast. Oh, that'll good. Be, that'll be that'll be helpful. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Absolutely. Okay. So, speaking of canon conundrums, next week our topic is the night of Godric's Hollow. Not the whole 24 hours, but the night that Voldemort... Because we tried right, to talk about did. the whole 24 hours, and <laughs> no. it didn't work. The night that Voldemort tried to kill Harry. Um, who yes. was there? Who was, was there? Sad. Think carefully, people. Who Think really hard on that. Are we even sure Harry was there? <sighs> Shut up. Is it could be, maybe someone threw him in there at the end. Yeah, John. Just like to throw everybody off. So anyway, maybe, maybe Neville was in there, yeah, bouncing down the street. <laughs> That's where so, he went. So leave us a voicemail saying what you think, and it'll get played as the broken up fan interview portion of Pattercast, mm-hmm. leading into Canon Conundrum. See all that interweaving we're doing. Yes. Yeah, and, and here's the secret, boys and girls. There's room for like two or three of those segments. You call and leave a voicemail, and you're halfway coherent. You're going to be on the Pottercast. I'm not saying if we get 100 of them, you'll all be on there. But chances are, the first 20 or 30 of them are going to be on the Pottercast. So get your butts on the phone. Ooh. Yes, please call. We Seriously, we, we really like Ooh, this. Are you, are you crouched now Sue, all of a sudden? Sue, you, you do the numbers. Okay. If you would like to call us with these really great, thoughtful, good voicemails, please phone us in the U.S. one seven zero two four two 422 leaky or one seven zero two four two five three two five nine in the UK. It's zero two zero seven one nine three two eight seven two. Call us. Call me, baby. <laughs> Ring, <laughs> Leaky. Okay. Also coming up on Leaky, on podcast, on whatever. The impersonations contest. We think next week's going to be the week, folks. Next Yay. week is the big week. Get your stuff in. If you want to be on that show and you want to win $30 in the cauldron shop, you could buy a whole life-size Dobby, or at least maybe part of his <laughs> nose. Yes. Yes. Because life-size Dobby costs eight yeah. grand right now with inflation. <laughs> it does. No, but use the same numbers. We don't have to do them again. Use the same numbers. Call us in. Impersonate somebody from the books or films. And yes. or or one of us. We'll play the best ones. If you'd like. I'll sue impersonations and immediately make the show. Oh stop. Wee! <laughs> <laughs> and we'll do like a little like a little chamber of bad beats right. of those at the end. Squee, yes. 
squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. Hey, the squeers, man. They could all do I it. I forgot awesome. all about the chamber of back That's what that was cool. Right, folks. Oh, wait, no, we have a big announcement that we haven't oh, discussed yes. yet. Oh, it's huge! Huge! John, you know what I'm going to say. Trigundus. I can't believe this is going to be, like, the biggest segment we've ever talked about. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? I, not yet. <laughs> yeah, we don't. <laughs> John's been very good this week and hasn't, and hasn't dipped into the Chipotle basket, but... <gasps> oh, brrr, oh but I think we have to talk about this. There's a reason to talk about it this week. Huge! Oh. The 10th card has arrived, Yay! folks. Yay! Woohoo! Uh-oh. John will be I don't even know what you're talking about. Robes, I thought this was 20 cards. Dance, dance, revolution. Video recording it. We're going to be putting it online for you all to see. Yay! But it's going to be very, very hard to see. Why? Because my video camera only records at 75 <laughs> by 75 resolution. Not quite. Yeah, it's very, very poor no, little camera. No, it's going to be a lovely little video. And I encourage you all to put it on YouTube. <laughs> no! No, you're not putting it anywhere! <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on my own John Temp folder, and I can delete it whenever I'd like. I want to go see you practice, John. Do some test videos of you flapping around with those dance, those robes on. and trying I to ain't dance. flapping. I yes, am as are. under control as you can be with that you game. You have big robes. Those arms that have like drapey things, you're going to look like a bird okay. up there flapping. It's going to be great. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, you don't use your hands much as you lose your legs. Oh, it's good. I'm actually going to have my arms crossed in front of me like I'm one of those, um, whatchamacallit, dancers. Like a Cossack you know? Russian dancer or something like that? Yes, those guys. Oh, my, oh my God. Can't wait. This like is going to be the best video ever. You're going to be that strength. download that, that ends up on that TV show about video down about web downloads. It is. No, if, they, if I'm on web junk, then web junk. You know, I'm gonna I'm just gonna p- copy all kinds of podcast.com all over that thing. <laughs> so if it is on web junk, man, <laughs> you know where they're coming next. Oh man, I can't wait to see this video. It'll be awesome. I can't wait. I, I can't. I can't wait to forget to do the video. Uh, oh. we're not gonna let you forget, uh, my friend. You've got people who. You got stockholders in this operation. That's right. You know, I get I get you know hourly instant messages about this now. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. No, but everybody who did send one is an absolute hundred percent sweetheart, and um, I don't remember if Melissa kept track of all your names. I might not have. I- but um, I'm sorry if I didn't. We'll try and get everybody's name together. <laughs> yeah. I'm terrible. You can't. I'm terrible. You can't trust me to do that stuff. If it's not ultra important, it, it goes away. Well, I think you're all ultra important to me, so... You're ultra important. Oh, that's your big... Sure. Writing down your name you're sort of wasn't. That, that is your big kiss from Melissa right there. <laughs> there it comes. How about that? Just go! You're wasting time! All right, we gotta go. Yeah, okay. what, what, yeah. What's happening here? Yes. All right, time to leave. Goodbye, folks. It's that's been lovely. That's enough drums. Oh, and about time, too. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. Send us your voicemails. Okay, well, I'm going. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Glenn, let's get out of here. Okay, let's go. Let's go. I'm tired. Bye. See you, ladies and ladies. Bye, guys. We've missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> Okay, uh, once again, this is Steve Vanderark, uh, just reminding you that uh, next week we're going to be doing our Canon Conundrum session one more time, and this time we're going to be talking about what in the world happened at Godric's Hollow, uh, what, uh, what happened with the missing 24 hours and all of that lovely stuff. So let us know what you think.
When the world has more John Noe. When the world has more John Noe. Who the hell is ringing my doorbell? <laughs> <Did you, laughs> what the hell that is that? That was perfectly John Noe <laughs> gong. Hold on a second. Do you want to record me getting my door? Because I don't know who these people are. When the world has more John that Noe. That was super perfect. <laughs> oh my God. Hello. Like the gong show. John Noe. <laughs> Maybe there's like like a like a initiation process. Uh, like Little big wooden paddles. Oh, like a big like like fraternity thing, secret secret meeting. Yes. <laughs> it's a semi like the opening of days confused. Semi annual warlock initiation day. Yeah. Very interested. Line up and run as fast as you can. Right. On this line. This is not the first time you've said this. I know. It'd be funny because you know, like they have, act, like they have to act like house elves for the day or something. You know, like it's little. This is such a funny image.